Good evening, a warm welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to tonight's edition of Springboard, your virtual university. Thank you for joining us on your favorite leadership and personal development show. This is the platform where your personal value is enriched on a weekly basis. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstation Joy 99.7 FM. The broadcast is made possible by the kind courtesy of some of Ghana's finest brands committed to the development of the, of the human capital of our country. Springboard and Joy FM at 25 would like to thank the following companies for bringing you our agenda for the year 2020. MTN, MTN, Pulse, Just Be, The Enterprise Group, Enterprise, Your Advantage, UMB Bank, UMB Speed Up, Digibank, Let's Go, Access Pension Trust, Your Reliable Partner in Pensions. A special thank you to our print media partner, The Graphic Business, Thank you for joining us on Joy 99.7 FM and also on Facebook. My name is Albert Okran and I'm here with my virtual academic board chaired by Comfort and featuring Matthew, Priscilla, David, Amos, Emmanuel and Jojo. Our focus for the year 2020, as you know, is preparing for the future. And tonight we discuss one of the most important subjects that must be a staple diet for anyone preparing for the future, the subject of retirement. In a widely circulated interview last December, Ghanaian football international Kevin Prince Boatin described how he spent his money during his time at Tottenham Hotspurs and how he bought three cars in a day. He vowed never to repeat that lifestyle, but three cars in a day. And that brings to mind a story of another retired footballer who admitted to having a room full of shoes in his heydays. But at the time he was talking to me, he was surviving on less than $200 a month. And knowing the, how much footballers earn per minute or per hour, that is a serious change of lifestyle. That's the subject of our discussion tonight, retirement planning. But by the way, is it just a football issue? My guest for tonight will help me answer that question. What's the big question for tonight? Planning for your retirement. Are you already too late? And before you rush to give me an answer, please hold your horses till the end of the show because the discussion will reveal whether you are early or late or somewhere in between. Reverend Mrs. Patricia Sapo is a retiree and the president of the Ghana, the Chartered Institute of Bankers in Ghana. Rev, welcome to Springboard. Thank you very much. You are a, a, a veteran um, resource person here, you know, a, a member of faculty, so you need no introduction. Mimi Anani is financial planner at Access Pension Trust. Mimi, welcome to Springboard. Thanks for the opportunity. Right, so you are you are a greenhorn on the faculty, but it's good to see you. Very, very good to see you. All right, so tonight, if you have questions about retirement or concerns about retirement, the last time we had a show on retirement, somebody sent a text and said, Charlie, if you had had this show 20 years earlier, I wouldn't be who I am today. If you have questions about retirement, send them on WhatsApp to 024-99-99555. And by the way, are men generally more prepared for retirement than women? Or better still, which of these two tend to be generally more prepared financially for retirement, men or women? <laughs> In our Data is King segment, Amos will bring you the global report on which of the two is generally more prepared for retirement. And I tell you something, you'll get it wrong. 
you, you may try, but you will get it wrong. Let me let me find out whether my guest can guess. <laughs> Not the Ghana statistical, the global statistic. Who are more prepared generally for retirement, men or women? I ask my guests before they start their the main discussion. And in the game changer segment, Amos will give you another definition of MVP. MVP. What does it stand for? You will find out when Amos joins us for our game changer segment. But once again, Patricia and me welcome Springboard. Thank you once again. So let me find out from you again. Um, just from your, I mean, you can guess. Give it a shot. Globally, which gender do you think is generally more prepared financially for retirement? Let me, let me start with you, Patricia. I think women. You think women female, are? Yes. Why? So I think um, women are more security conscious. They are more conscious of the future. They want to be very comfortable, so they prepare for the future. You are talking based on your own your own life. <laughs> <laughs> Mimi, which, which, which gender do you think is more prepared generally? Um, I would have gone with Patricia, but the information I have in Ghana is the men that seem more prepared for retirement. Do more men take up policies than women? Uh, with that one, I think it's more women. Right. Yeah. But the, the quantum, um, what so makes you think more men are more prepared generally? You know, a lot more men um, work in the private sector. So, or formal sector, let me put it. So they tend to, you know, rely on what their employers do for them. But a lot of women are in the informal sector, and generally in the informal sector, they don't really plan for their retirement. So that's why I would probably go with the men, not because they are deliberately making an effort, but um, because they tend to be the ones who work more in the formal sector than the women do. Right. There's a raging debate on Facebook about this issue. I just posted it about a few minutes ago, but already there's a huge debate going on, and, 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 and it's split down the middle. Some people think it's a man, some think it's a woman, but Amos will tell us who it is. But let's start with the foundations of this discussion about retirement. We just finished a series on mental health, and for many people, it was a no-go area, something that previously would never have featured on a personal development platform like this. I put retirement in the same belt. Until recently, it would never feature in a, a discussion like this because people felt it was relegated to an old people's subject. The data we have now suggests otherwise. Patricia, how... How early must people start having a conversation about retirement, in your opinion? I think this is very important. As, as soon as you start working, you should just start thinking of retirement. Because it's inevitable. It will definitely come. So once you start earning income, you should start planning for your retirement. Because whatever you have, whatever income you receive, your future is part of that income. So you should start thinking of how well you can spread that income that you have earned now, investing some into the future, because you will not be able to wait throughout your lifetime. Sometimes I think it's cultural. When you hear things like, you be wunti and da, I mean, it almost seems to be something that, well, you've, you, you, we've heard, but we won't do it. It's almost like, any discussion about retirement suggests that you will die soon or you think your life is coming to an end. Where we got it from, I don't know. But it, it, it's, it's not real, uh, Patricia, that we, ju we just want to stay off that subject as much as we can. 
But I think it's, it's very real. But the fact is that you cannot run away from the facts of life. And I have always said that you just have to ask yourself that. Will you be in a position to work throughout your life? What happens to you? Will your children be in a position to take care of you? What about your health needs? How do you position yourself to face the challenges of the future? So these are things that you can really not relegate to the back. Right. They are facts of life as death that you need to face. So I think we all have to be mindful and we should be conscious of it and make a conscious effort to plan towards the future. I want to come back to your I'm going to go a bit personal with you when I come back. I know I didn't tell you this beforehand, but I'm going to go right at your own experience, and I'm going to show you why that's so important for our listeners. But let me come to you, Mimi. Mimi, you work in the industry. You're not a retiree. You are at the, the, the beginning stages of your career, but your expertise, your, your technical expertise gives you access to information that is very critical for tonight's discussion. So give us an overview of the Ghanaian situation. What percentage of people are making serious efforts in preparing for their retirement, monthly contributions towards retirement? Okay. So, per the information I have, which is net data, um, about 12.5% of the Ghanaian labor force contributes to SNET. And about 13.92% contributes to private pensions. So we have 12 million um, Ghanaians in the working um, force, but just about 12.5% contribute to SNET, and about 13.92 contribute to private pensions. Does it mean that the number that does private pensions is more than the number that does SNET? Okay, so with the private pension, we also have the informal sector contributing to the um, the tier three the personal pension right and they don't contribute to SNET so right. it's, it's normal that so in nominal terms there's there's more people in the in the in the private pension sector than than SNET yes there'll be more people because right. we have about eighty five percent of Ghanaians um, in the informal sector and they are not covered by SNET right yeah. wow. so with twelve million people in the labour force what kind of numbers are we looking at twelve point five percent of them. 12.5% of them represents 1.5 million um, people contributing to SNET. And for the private pension, we have 1.67 people contributing to SNET. 1.67 million? Yes. Right. Contributing to the private pensions. But it's interesting to note that for SNET, we have 67 employers that contribute to SNET, but we have just 31 <laughs> Employers that contribute to tier two or tier three. Six, good, sixty-seven thousand. Uh-huh. Sorry, sixty-seven thousand employers contribute to SNET, <laughs> but we have just thirty-one thousand employers contributing to private pensions. So it could be tier, tier two. two or tier three. And, 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 and that is because that, even though it is it is is the law, the enforcement is exactly. or the policing of that. Is very poor. Yes, yes. Right. I, I think it's now um, uh, the regulator has been given some power recently, so probably in the future we'll see a bit more enforcement. Let's let's help people who are listening to us to understand the implications of their employer doing SNIT and not doing Tier Two for them. 
What does it mean? So if your employer is doing SNIT, but it's not doing tier two for you, what that means is that, you know, in the past, SNIT used to pay monthly pensions and lump sum. Now SNIT is no longer paying lump sum, and that started in January 2020. So if your employer is not paying tier two for you, that means you get the monthly pension from SNIT, all right, but no lump sum when you go on retirement. And the lump sum is also a very important um, part of your SNIT, your retirement benefits. Right. Give us a sense of the average monthly contribution of the Ghanaian worker to their retirement. Okay, so I'll give you that of SNIT. That's what is available. Right. Um, As of 2016, we had the average contributions being 120 um, Ghana cities. Ghana cities. Right. And that was just derived by the total contributions per month divided the, by the number of total number of contributors. Right. So some, some could be far more and some could be less. Yes. Right. But in 2019, we don't have the specific amount, but taking inflation into um, consideration, we think it, it should be around it was around 159.45. So let's even wrap it up to see 160. 160. Approximately how much the average amount a person puts into their state um, yes. monthly. Yes. What what would what would be the implications in terms of how much pension they will get if this is the average amount they are contribu- contributing. Okay, so it's interesting to note that last year we had 78% of retirees taking home less than 1,000, so either 1,000 Ghana CDs or less. Either 1,000 Ghana CDs or less. And we have 50% of pensioners earning 600 Ghana CDs or less. And about 25% earning 400 Ghana CDs or less. Um, just 1% of pensioners earn between 5,000 or more. Wow. Just 1% of pensioners. And as of last year, we had 200,000 pensioners. So let's say about 2,000 pensioners earning um, 5,000 or more. It is 20 minutes past the hour of seven, and Mimi is just Mimi is just thrown the <laughs> she's throw, she threw the chestnut into the fire, or she's just poured fuel into the fire. I could hear Patricia say, "Wow!" But these are the statistics that often get overlooked in our discussion, and that's exactly why Mimi is here today to just give us those jarring realities about how prepared we are as a people. If you just join us, let me give you a summary so I can come to Patricia and see. As somebody who has worked, as somebody who knows the cost of living, what will be the implication of being given less than 400 CDs a month as pension, resulting from how much you pay um, in the course of your work? But let's, let's, let's run the numbers by you. So from the submission we just received, 12.5% of the labor force amounting to approximately... 1.5 million people contribute to the SNIT scheme. We also have 13.92 contributing to private pensions, amounting to about 1.67 million people. There could be an overlap of people doing both, so we'll not try to add up. But interestingly, she says that when it comes to SNIT contributions, there's another interesting statistic. That is 67,000 employers contribute to the SNIT scheme. But when it comes to the Tier 2 or Tier 3, what percent, what, what number? 
31,000, which is less than half of the number contribute to tier 2 or tier 3, which means that it is possible that your employer is deducting and not contributing, and that could put you at a disadvantage, and even more so when you retire because you will get no lump sums since next stop paying lump sums at the end of last year. Also, in the year 2016, the average contribution to SNET for the individual is about 120 Ghana CDs. And we are juxtaposing that against, we are juxtaposing inflation or trying to observe trends and see it's probably around or approximately 160 Ghana CDs contribution a month to SNET or to pensions. Now, in terms of benefits, we are looking at the fact that 78% of pensioners or retirees earn less than 1,000 Ghana CDs or less. And we are looking at the fact that 50% definitely earn, uh, earn less sorry, than 600 Ghana CDs and 25% of retirees earn less than 400 Ghana CDs a month. That is the discussion we are having. Patricia, given these stark numbers, <laughs> apart from whom... What was going through your mind? Quality of life. Exactly. Yes. I mean, I think this is just food for thought for everybody. And once you are working, you need to plan and know how you want to live in future. And having that in mind, you prepare for the future. Because for anyone earning 600 Ghana CDs a month on pension, one probably can assume that the person probably may be earning maybe a thousand Ghana cities. Or two thousand. Or two thousand when the person was in active service. Yeah, hold on a second. Mimi, what, what percentage normally is the, is, is the differential between what you were earning, what, what you earned in your working life, and what you earn in SNIT? On, on average, what, okay. about what percentage does it end up being? So the maximum you can get from SNIT is 60% of your pre-retirement income. The maximum, okay. But the catch here is that it's on basic salary, okay, not the take-home. And for most of us as employees, we are more interested in the take-home right. and not the basic salary. Right. So you may have a small basic and a, a huge um, allowance. So the allowances, the yes. add-ons, all those things are not part of the SNIT. Exactly. Right. So you may take home less, way less than you were taking before. So let's do some math. I'm, 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 let, let's do some math. Let's say that even you were earning, let's say, your basic was 800 or 1,000, and then your take-home was 2,000 mm. because of the add-ons, all the benefits, packages, you will think your salary is 2000 but your basic is 1000 Exactly. And you are saying that the maximum for that 2000 earner from SNIT is 600 600 And that's the maximum. Yes. It could actually even be less, yes. depending on the it number could, of other circumstances. Yes, it could be less. And uh, uh, probably when we are talking about SNIT, or probably I can talk about it now. Now, SNIT takes into consideration your best three years average annual salary. Right. And they have something we call pension rights. For a Ghanaian, you should have contributed to SNET for at least 15 years. That's 180 months to have a right to pensions. 
So it's not automatic that you're a worker, you contribute to it, so you have a monthly pensions. It doesn't work that way. Now, this 15 years and gives you a right of 37.5% of that average, nice. the average of your best three years salary. The maximum you can get for working, let's say, 40 years is 60%. So I'm assuming that for the three years, your salary didn't increase. So let's say 16000 annual salary throughout the three years. For such a person, the maximum you can get for working for 40 years is 60%. 26 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock, and this is exactly what we are talking about, the fact that it is possible to be taking home a certain amount, you've rented a house based on that amount, you have contracted relationships based on that amount, your in-laws based on that amount, your children based on that amount. Now you're finding yourself in a situation where you are earning 60% or if your basic was significantly less than your take-home, you are earning probably 30% of that amount and it's one day. Let me let me, let me me come to you, Patricia. There's a footballer called JC Dudek. He was the goalkeeper at Liverpool Football Club and I think he went to play in another football club and then retired. You know, the footballers have a very, very um, regimented life. When you report to training, the day you will talk to the press is determined. You know exactly when you will do this. It was so regimented. He said the day he retired, when he woke up the next day, he was confused. He didn't know what to do because his life had been so organized that he suddenly found himself with too much free time and he just was confused. Another president... Uh, that we all know said when he woke up he wanted to go to to the castle because that he used to go in going there what happens what, what do you, I, I had the privilege of being at your your 60th and that was your official day of retirement mm. let's talk about the day after how did you feel well i think the day after i was very happy i was really happy i was very excited you know about the fact that i had retired honorably by the grace of God. So that was it. I really didn't have much to think about. What was very important and crucial to me was the next steps after the retirement. What to do with my life. How I can impact the lives of other people. But I was really very happy about the fact that I had gone on retirement by the grace of God. Will it be fair to say that your situation, with all respect, yes. is different from that of the reality of many people? Because the data, Mimi, just help me corroborate this. The, the data that we have or the research that we have shows that people are so scared about retirement that they go to great lengths to either falsify their age. I mean, I, 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 I heard a story of somebody whose family came to celebrate him on his 70th birthday at work. He came with a cake and everything. He was so angry because the, 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 the age that he had, <laughs> they were coming to spoil things. He, he drove them away because the, age, the, the difference between what they were coming to celebrate and what was on the paper was about 12 years. Yes. And, and so it, it, it's almost as if people are really scared of it and so they don't want to retire. Yeah. Will, will, will that be the, what the data suggests? Um, unfortunately, there's no data backing that, but I think I've seen that uh, when I was doing my national service, going on retirement was like a death sentence. And I remember seeing an old man who was still working, and you can tell this man is very weak. He looks very old, but he, he was still working. So I'm assuming that he had reduced his age 
just to, you know, be able to stay in for longer. And because we fail to plan, a lot of people fear um, retirement. And even those who are not afraid of it, later go into it and realize that maybe they are just tired of working. So it does the thought. I just need to go on retirement. And then when they get there, they realize that, wow, it wasn't as I thought. There are some implications I may not have thought about. So these are some of the things that... We're going to come to the implications shortly, but let me pick up this Patricia on the same thing. You, you see, that fear is very real. I mean, I, I thought through it to the extent that I went to social security three years before my retirement. And I said to them, if I were to retire today, what am I going to get? So the lady worked something out for me. She said, this was tentative. So that was what I had in mind that I was going to receive. And therefore, I took loans for my deductions to bring me to that state where my salary and everything will be up in to alignment. the amount that I'll be receiving. Right. And so I tried to live within, of course, my husband is there, so the support was there, but I tried to live within that. So it's all about planning, anticipating what you will get, and then planning your life around that. Okay. But thankfully, upon retirement, I got twice even more than what I was Told I was going to get so right. that made life a lot more. Glory easy. to God! So I'm going to come and visit you for that for a share of that one. <laughs> when I come back from this break, I'm going to play you a special insert from Pastor Mensah Utabil, and it's his thoughts about: Are you overpaid or underpaid? He's doing a brilliant series on excellence and thought-provoking, I must tell you. And today, people were sitting on the edge of their seats, very uncomfortable because it's the kind of discussion that, you know, it is, it is as they say in, in, in English language, Ghanaian English language, it's choking you in the wrong places. But it is true. Are you giving value in your workplace or are you just hanging around and just chaleohailing away the time? When I come back, we'll find out whether you are overpaid or underpaid. But this is Springboard, your virtual university. And we're also going to answer that question about are men generally more prepared for retirement than women? But this springboard edition, as always, is brought to you by the brands that invest in the human capital of Ghana. MTN Pulse, Just Be, the Enterprise Group, Enterprise Your Advantage, UMB Bank, UMB Speed Up, DigiBank, Let's Go, and Access Pension Trust, your reliable partner in pensions. Let me bring you a brief message from our sponsors. When we come back, I'm going to play you an insert. And it's a simple question. Are you overpaid or are you underpaid? Is it possible that by the choices that you make, your salary could go up and therefore by the deductions could go up and therefore your retirement planning too could be expedited? Please don't worry. When you don't have the Enterprise Advantage app, you're not in control. Boss. Yes, I could see. I'm at where they sell the coats. What size do you like? Ah, what coat? Coat, coat, office coat. Ah, I said get me a coat. Quotation from Enterprise. Ah, oh. what coat? Save yourself from the stress. Take advantage of the Enterprise Advantage app. Make your claims, check statements, request for a coat, and buy a policy from any of our subsidiaries. What's more, you can also get health tips, traffic information, find mechanic shops, and more on your Enterprise Advantage app. Download the Enterprise Advantage app on Google Play and Apple Store now. Here is to 95 years of trust. Enterprise, your advantage. 
was established in 1972 as the premier bank for the corporate and private sector in Ghana. From our very beginning, as the only Ghanaian bank serving all categories of businesses, we set a standard for excellence and innovation over the past 45 years. We've built a financially healthy and strong bank, demonstrated our commitment to our customers and to growing businesses, and exhibited originality and innovation at every turn. At UMB, our focus is built around people, service, products, and technology. These are the key to our present success and our future triumphs. At UMB, we're poised to make a difference not only with our customers, but also in the banking industry. We invite you to share in our future. Our future starts now with you. All right, so if you want more money in the year 2020, if you want to earn a higher salary in the year 2020, here are some tips for you from Pastor Mensa Otabo. Please don't go away. So, for those of you who work for people, do you think your boss feels he's overpaying you or underpaying you? Not whether you feel you are being overpaid or underpaid, but do you think your boss thinks he's wasting money on you or getting value out of you. Now, if you work in a place and somebody pays you and in the person's heart he thinks he's overpaying you, then your price is below rubies. Your price is below money. But if you're working in a place that the person says, listen, I wish I could pay you more because you do far more, but I don't have the money to pay you now, but you, you, what you do is far bigger than what I'm paying you. Then your price is far above rubies. You go to the office late. You sit down the whole day, no contribution. You read newspapers, you made calls, you played games on the computer, on your cell phone. You WhatsApp people the whole day. Monday, Tuesday, you did the same thing. Wednesday, you made, did the same thing. Thursday, you did the same. Friday, you did the same thing. You stretch yourself. And, ah, I'm dead. I'm going home for the weekend. Monday to Friday, your contribution has been WhatsApping. You've caused the company airtime, phone time, internet time. You've used chairs free of charge. You've used tables free of charge. You've walked in the office free of charge. You've used the toilet free of charge. And your contribution, zero. And yet, mercifully, you were paid something. <laughs> and you think your employer is wicked. He's very kind because your price is below rubies. 24 minutes to the hour of, of, of 8 o'clock. I, I can see Dr. Sampo nodding ahead and smiling. <laughs> These are discussions we don't have, but it is real, real, real. All right, so let me ask you... Um, are, are we? Is this the kind of conversation we should be having about value addition as we talk about preparing for our retirement? Do we have a role in determining how much we earn as people? Mrs. So, yes, to a very large extent. Because, I mean, if you are in an institution and you are contributing to the institution, obviously your efforts will be recognized. And, of course, promotion will come. You get good reference. You know, you can even be head-hunted. So your contribution to the institution is very, very important to getting more money. So we should be very mindful about that. 
we thought it was important, and this is our quote, our quote for the day, really. Are you overpaid or underpaid? And the reason we brought that in was because very often we, we, we make ourselves sound like pawns in a game that we, we have no control over and they don't pay me well. But the argument he's making is that when you are that good, your employer's biggest concern is not to lose you to the competition. And therefore, they will go to the extent that they have to go to just to retain you because if you go, the marginal contribution is so great that if you go, the organization will suffer. And that is the point that he's making in, in that submission. But we'll bring you uh, more excerpts of that in subsequent editions. We'll be talking very shortly about what preparation that we should make because at the end of the day, it's all about what next. What should we do to ensure that we can have that better life that we all aspire to? But Amos, bring us more perspective. And by the way, let me tell you what people are saying about who is doing better, men or women. Because so far, hmm. all right, so um, let me give you some perspective. Bernard, Bernard Blessing, Mensa says, um, good discussion you are having today. Samuel Okan Boy says, I love this topic and was actually thinking of this and it seems to have to be timely. Honorable Mazuki says, it looks like men prepare better, but women always have enough for retirement because they don't spend much during their time of work. <laughs> All right. We'll see whether Patricia agrees with that or not. Messi um, <clears throat> um, Bonnie says, majority of women are in the private sphere and therefore receive relatively low income. Um, right. Could you Pastor Kojo Amwasari is asking, is it possible to know your pension benefits before your retirement? And that was answered by Patricia. She has three years to time. She actually went there and asked all the questions and therefore knew what to do. All right. Evangelist Stephen Adeko says, Mimi, great work done. Papa Ray says, important topic I am tuned in. All right. So let's find out, are the men doing better than the women? Amos, what is the global statistic on this matter? The data is king segment provides credible data for decision-making, analysis, and prediction. Tonight, our data is on the pensions gap. According to the World Economic Forum, women are 30 to 40 percent less prepared for pension than men. Hmm. Generally, 51 percent of employees with a workplace pension are worried that they won't make enough to live. Please give me that number again. Your mic inadvertently went off. So give me that last statistic again. Generally. 51% of employees with workplace pensions are worried that they won't have enough to live their ideal retirement life. People are unable to save enough for retirement. Some of the pension challenges are the following. Number one, we are living longer than what pension systems were designed for. So retirees are expected to outlive their savings by a decade. Mm. Number two, we currently have a pension gap between what is needed for retirement and what is saved. The savings gap stood at $70 trillion in 2015 and projected at $400 trillion by 2050 unless remedial measures are taken. And number three, the problem is worse for women, which is what we started with, <laughs> that retirement balances for women are typically 30 to 40% less than that of men. So our question for tonight is, what steps are you taking to prepare for your retirement? 
brilliant as always, Amos uh, Data is Skin segment. It gives you credible information for decision making. The two biggest issues, apart from the fact that the women are generally less prepared, the two biggest issues from this World Economic Forum report. Number one is that we are living longer, which should be great news. Ten years longer than the, than was designed by the system. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I have a, I have an auntie who's. 80-something in UK, she goes to work and comes back normal. And the system allows her to continue working. The retirement age has been increased in some countries. The issue is this. When these systems were being designed, it was designed for us to live for a fewer number of years than we are living now. And the decade is, the gap is a decade. First reason, life expectancy is better. Second reason, there's a gap between what is saved and what, what we need is needed. Mimi, you want to speak to that? Okay, um, that is very true, even in the Ghanaian situation. Right. I've realized that a lot of Ghanaians um, feel like they would die before retirement or a few <laughs> years after retirement. I normally like to ask, just take your classmates, how many of them have passed on? So that just makes you know that you are probably going to live longer. And if you do live long, what happens? For men in Ghana who hit the age of 60, you are expected to live 16 years more. And for women, you are expected to live 18 years more. So if you should live for that long, what happens to you? You can also take into consideration the oldest person in your family. If God chooses you to be the next one, what happens? Are you going to live comfortably or are you going to live waiting for your um, death day? To, to arrive so that you, you can, you know, cut short the misery. It's something that we need to ask ourselves. And uh, one thing I've come to realize is that um, it's because we don't think about these things that when we get our lump sums, when we retire, we just use it anyhow. But if you have a plan for your retirement, you have your retirement goals. And retirement planning is not just pre-retirement. We have post-retirement. Because a little, a lot of people may live well, but how do you ensure that you you manage your money well throughout your retirement to be able to maintain or improve that standard of living? So it's not something we just do before we retire, but even after we retire, how do we manage things? And these are the things that we need to talk about. First of all, what is our goal? What kind of retirement do you want to have? And you can do this as soon as you start working. It's not just about saving. You can save by get there, and it will not be enough. Help us understand when you say what kind of retirement do you want to have. Are you saying that you must set an amount that you want to re- to earn, or a percentage of your income that you are saying no matter what I should not go below seventy five percent? What what kind okay. of goals are you talking about? Okay, so you can look at your retirement goal as a percentage of your income. Okay, so it's a clear of, number. Of pre-retirement right. income. So globally. Right. Um, the rule of thumb is at least 70% of your pre-retirement income. I was around 75. (laughs) (laughs) At least you should have 70% of your pre-retirement income. Mm. But that is a general rule. That is a general rule. It's just to give you um, uh, some kind of guide. But you have to sit down and determine what you want your future to look like. It could be that you may spend less than the 70% based on your lifestyle. Or it could be that you may spend way more. For example, if you have uh, what we call pension babies when you retire, you are likely to spend more than somebody who doesn't have 
pension babies. Which means if you start if you start having your, having your children late, yes, um, so, it should influence how you design your pension. Exactly. So it's not just like something you stand up and you just do it. No. Right. No, it's it's a something that we sit down. Um, it's like a financial planning process. You sit down, you look at your so, goals, so, you look at so your do people do people, for instance, walk to Axis and say, I will sit with you and, and, and talk through my situation so you advise me on what to do? Okay, so for Axis, I mean, naturally, Ghanaians don't, are not very good with um, walking to people for advice till it's too late. But for Axis, what we do is before people retire, we go and meet them. Um, so and then have a one-on-one one -on -one discussion. We talk about lifestyle. We talk about health. We talk about legal issues. We talk about finance just to help them. You know, some people don't have goals. But as you listen to them, they have something. They've just not written it down. Uh, some people say, I want to travel every year. But they've not sat down to think about the cost implications and how that would affect their retirement fund. But once we put down those goals, we look at your financial situation, where do you stand now? We can determine that, okay, maybe the U.S. thing is not going to happen as regularly as you want it to happen. You may have to go to Akusumbu instead. So we are able to look at your situation and see how best we can um, help you achieve your retirement goals. If it's possible for you, maybe you have a contract job or something, you can make extra income, we can look at how you can use that to achieve your goals. So, it's, it's, it's specific to an individual. So what you're saying is that an individual can sit with a financial planner like you yes. and step by step go through where they are, where they are trying to get to, what resources they can bring on board. Exactly. And you can paint a picture of the future. Exactly. Now the question Pastor Mwasar is asking, you can paint a picture of the future exactly. so that if they don't like what they see, then they can start making changes now. Exactly. And I would just like to add, um, for Axis, if you visit the Axis website, we have what we call the pension calculator. Right. So she mentioned that she had to go to SNET to um, work, it out. work it out. And sometimes they may not be able to get you uh, the right, the accurate thing because you haven't ended, so they may not know your best three years right. um, salary. But if you use the calculator based on how much you want your salary, you think your salary grows by on a, an annual basis, how much you've already contributed to SNET, what your tier two balances and other information that will be required of you. You can know that, okay, you are in a minus or you are doing good. Okay. So you can use the pension calculator to... Give us, give us the website just for our purposes. Um, www.accesspension.com www.accesspension.com Pension.com Accesspension.com Yes, so All you right, look so we'll for the... i tonight and then I'll tell you the results when I go. Yes. Let me come to you, Patricia. Let's switch from money, and I'll tell you why, to just other aspects that influence the discussion about pensions. Somebody said to me, for instance, the health bills of a retiree are significantly different from when a person is working, by naturally. But those discussions are not factored. They, they don't come up when you are working. So you suddenly realize that ah, you, you have to spend more money on health than you planned. Mm. Let's talk about some of the things that are so different after retirement that must be factored when you sit with a mimi or, or, or anybody like that to plan for the future. Yeah, um, I think um, what to do with your life. Right. Because most times I realize that people come on pension and they don't have much to do. They just sit down by the television from morning till evening. And therefore, they fall into various health situations 
which of course will impact on their finances and then eventually death you know will take place so that is one aspect and also association the kind of people you associate with when you come on retirement how will you engage yourself with the people because i have seen people that have come on retirement that are even living better lives than they were when they were actively working mm -hmm. all based on the kind of associations you know or the people they associated with but i i there's something i just want to digress a little bit about this planning for your retirement if you look at luke 14 28 to 31 mm. it says that which for you? which of you mm -hmm. intending to build a house does not sit down and count the cost you know to see if he has sufficient to complete it this god is telling us about the fact that we need to plan for our lives and also, if you look at Proverbs, it talks about the ant. He says, I go to the ant, you sluggard, consider his ways and be wise. You know, this ant takes and picks food day by day, you know, by the corner and puts it in a hole and keeps the food until a rainy day when the rains fall because ants cannot survive in water. So they prepare against a rainy day. So that as long as it rains, the ant has food in its hole. Mm. And so God is telling us that we should not discount savings. It's very, very critical. And so if you plan your future, I don't really think that it's, it's, it matters how much you get, whether you get 10,000, 5,000, or 100,000. Somebody may have a 100 Ghana CDs, and the person may be able to maximize that amount of money, save little by little based on the person's standard of living. Save to the extent that when the person goes on pension, the person can maintain that standard of living because that person sat down and planned, that person made provision and realized that, look, whatever monies I have right now, are, are the monies I'll also use in future. So they plan for it. So I think that amidst all these things, planning is very critical and we need to be very futuristic and know the things that are important and the things that we need to discount even in life. People have led very frivolous lives when they had so much money. And then on retirement, they don't have anything. I'm going to come back and tell you um, some wise words I heard from somebody who was just at, he had retired and yet he was still planning for the future. When I come back from the game changer segment, we have a very new definition for the words MVP. They must take it away. Our game changer tonight is MVP, Davido Risky Freestyle. Sixth March 2019 was a horrible day for Davido. A video of the Nigerian hitmaker freestyling on Shade 45 show had emerged, and in many people's eyes, it was underwhelming, to say the least. Within hours, social media was ablaze with people mocking the freestyle and laughing at Davido. Even the biggest stars fail sometimes, and the story could have ended there. Instead, that freestyle turned into one of the biggest hits of Davido's career. This week, our game changer is MVP, Minimum Viable Product. An MVP 
is essentially the most basic functional product you can make to collect relevant customer feedback. But the power of the MVP isn't the product itself. It's actually the feedback because that's what polishes the MVP to become the product people admire at the end. Don't believe me. Let's go back to Davido. The man himself said it best. What you all laughed at, you will dance to. Yes. In the seven months between March and October, Davido continuously worked on the freestyle and turned it into a song called Risky, which topped charts in eight countries. Today, the once rejected freestyle has an has a mind-blowing 16 million streams on YouTube alone. Beyond music, there are many other examples of successful MVPs in business. Airbnb started as a one-page site with pictures of a rental apartment in San Francisco, and now it is a $35 billion company with listings in more than 190 countries. So how do we apply the MVP concept to our business? Three steps. Number one, find the core. Only think about the key features you need to start. Number two, know your customer. Consider your ideal client and find the early adapters. And number three, iterate, gather feedback and use it to improve. And when you are tempted to doubt your MVP, don't forget what Jesus said in Mark. The stone that the builders rejected became the cornerstone. This week, let's stop holding back our dreams in an attempt to perfect them. Let's grab our MVPs and move. MVP, a new word, MVP, minimum viable product. Thanks to Juju for that script and thanks to Amos for bringing it to us. All right, so before we wrap up today, I once sat with a very, very, uh, one of my mentors, a very, very deep thinker, Mr. Marty Marquis, several years ago, and he said to me, he, he, he was buying shares in Mechanical Lloyd at age 65 or 70. I think it was about 70 then. And I asked him, what was he doing? What was he going to do with those shares? Then he said to me, the value will rise. He lived to be well over 90. And something said to me, his perspective of life and his sense of the future gave him the health and the strength to live that long. Today I celebrate him for just that perspective and just that angle he brought to a discussion. At age 70 he was buying shares and he lived to be probably about 93 or so. Dr. Reverend Sapo, let me find out from you. Is there a truth in the fact that your own expectation of life and zest for life sometimes secretes the energy to continue living? I, I think that is it. It's all about purpose. I mean, once you are purposeful and you have a purpose-driven life and you know what you want, 
that is enough motivation to get you to achieve. And I want to just draw minds to Genesis 1, 29, which says that, Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant, and every plant that has fruit with seed in it. Every human being has a potential. Every human being has a gift. And once you recognize that gift, like you said, you know, you work on that gift, and that gift will make room for you. And through that, you, you just um, make it in life. Thank you, thank you very much. Maybe your closing thoughts on the show. Um, so there are some mistakes that um, I would like all of us to avoid. Um, because when you meet people who are just about retiring, they said, had, had we known, we don't want to get there. So start saving for your retirement, no matter how late you are. Start saving for your retirement. Ideally, it should have been the first when you end your first income, but it's not too late. Start saving for your retirement. Also, take responsibility of your comfortable retirement. Yes, your employer has a role to play. The government has a role to play. But at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to make sure that you retire comfortably. Also, uh, make sure that when you are negotiating for your salary, you look at your retirement benefits because it's very important. It's your future. Also, make sure you consider longevity, inflation, health care, and the kind of lifestyle you want to live when sitting down to plan for your retirement. Take advantage of any provident fund or any um, uh, kind of arrangement that your employer wants to do for you towards your retirement and avoid the temptation to withdraw. I am, I am against it. I personally <laughs> think there should be no permission to withdraw from a pension fund. <laughs> withdraw before time because I've seen people retire and it's their provident fund that have saved them. So I know there are a lot of issues, financial issues, but with some deliberate efforts and a financial plan, we can address all these concerns. And the website is www.accesspension.com. Uh, our listeners are asking, so accesspension.com is a website. Just go there and do some calculations right now and find out how much you earn. And I think but there's just... also another site to www.calculator.net retirement calculator yeah also i mean there are sites you can go to calculate your own pensions but let me sign off by saying that my big takeaway for today um is that 50 percent of Ghanaian pensioners earn less than 600 ghana cds a month as pensions and that's something we're thinking about but let me sign off by saying listen the easiest way to plan plan to earn a rule of thumb not less than 70% of your pre-retirement income. If that's your perspective, you will be fine. My name is Albert Okran, and next week, it's a big debate to build or to buy property, to build or to buy. And we're going to have Reverend Alan Okume Mensah versus Samuel Ewu of Buena Vista Homes. It's going to be brutal on the show next week. Join us for Springboard Virtual University. Till then, my name is Albert Okran. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Good night.